Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Financial services in the spotlight as Austin Business Journal Managing Editor Will Anderson welcomes Charles Schwab Chief Information Officer Dennis Howard to discuss his firm's growing presence in Texas and the future of the industry. All right, Dennis, thank you so much for joining us on Texas Business Minds. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Will. So Chief Information Officer at Charles Schwab, it's an exciting time in the realms of technology and finance. There's a lot going on, headlines being made even today as we're talking from cryptocurrencies to non-fungible tokens. I want to talk about all that. But first, Charles Schwab is this huge employer in Austin and sometimes might not be recognized as that. So I figured we could start there. And uh, yeah, you guys are up to what, more than 3000 employees in Austin now, is that right? That's right, yeah. Nice large campus over here uh, in North Austin near the domain. Yep, tucked in behind the domain over by Top Golf. That's right. And a lot of tech work is done. I mean, Charles Schwab is one of the largest financial services companies in the world, but you guys do a lot of tech work and that is kind of uh, your realm as well. You're the top executive for Schwab at this campus, but you're also the chief information officer. So what what kind of work is done there? Actually, we do just about everything and pieces of everything at uh, Schwab in Austin. So we've got all disciplines covered. We've got you know everything from our digital development for client facing capabilities, data, cybersecurity, infrastructure, mobile development, web development, it's all in Austin. So Austin is our largest technology footprint. We're pretty dispersed across the country, but the largest concentration of employees is here in Austin. And of those 3,000 employees, about half are in technology or digital. By our account, the ABJ's research in uh, third quarter of 21, that did make you all the, I believe the 13th largest private sector employer here. So Again, as I was saying, a a lot of uh, clout being carried there and a lot of workforce needs as well. I assume you guys are constantly hiring, given your size. Yeah. And in fact, we we have hundreds of jobs open nationwide and about a third of all of our openings. And this has been consistent over the last year or two. About a third of all of our tech openings end up being in Austin just because of the size and scale of what we do here. So, yeah, rich talent base. Right. Um, And uh, absolutely love being able to recruit from Austin or pull people from area universities. How is it recruiting, bringing people to Austin nowadays? We know it's a tech magnet. We know there's great universities here, but I hire people too. And some of them, sometimes they ask, hey, isn't Austin pretty expensive now? It is, but, you know, we have, it's interesting, we have no trouble getting people to Austin. And among our locations, we've got a bunch of great locations for, uh, at Schwab in general, but for technologists. But Austin, no problem. And, you know, we've hired, I recently, just a couple of weeks ago, interviewed someone who had left their company. They were working remote here. They moved, like some people during the pandemic, just showed up and uh, decided to change jobs and are now in Austinite, right? And so it was interesting to hire somebody who moved here during the pandemic, was working remotely, and now really has found a job within the Austin community. Well, what are some of your strategies that you think have made you successful in that kind of recruiting? Because everyone's looking right now for an edge. Yeah, I think it's interesting. We got a couple of things going on. One, we're doing one of the largest integrations in financial services history after our acquisition of TD Ameritrade. Lots of modernization that we're doing. I mean, we have the benefit, it's a pro and con, of course, but we have the benefit of being a 50-year-old company. So we're not a new startup. 
We've got a lot of technology that's been built out over the years that we're trying to modernize. You know, we've got over 8 million mobile users. So mobile is, in fact, during the pandemic, we transitioned from being primarily a client base that accessed us through the big web, through browsers, to actually surpassing that with mobile. So our mobile app is now the primary way a lot of our clients interact with us. So those things give us a, a great deal of, uh, I think, great deal of uh, opportunity to recruit in Austin. And then we've got some really good programs. We have something we call the NERD program at uh, NERD? Co-op. The, NERD the NERD program. program. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, a little different. It's our new employee recruitment program. And what we do is we actually, for about nine months, we bring people in from area universities. We've had them come from all over the country. And we basically give them training, bring them up to speed on what it's like to be a technologist in a large enterprise like ours, you know, supporting either 30,000 employees or millions of clients. And they spend about 15% of their time doing that for nine months. And the whole rest of the time, they're actually working on technology. They're deployed to their teams that they're going to work on. They're actually doing real work. And we get them up to speed uh, and build, actually build technologists so that when they come out of the NERD program, they're graduates and they go right into work. They're in productive work almost immediately. Still learning, but in productive work immediately. And then, of course, we've got a really nice intern program. Pretty big in Austin. We'll have uh, starting actually this week. We've got 110 interns that are starting with the Austin office and about 70 of those are, you know, these are, by, by the way, sophomore, junior, seniors, and about 70 of those are working in technology just in Austin. Wow. So here we are. Yeah. Early June, you say they're starting this week. That's a lot of young blood to uh, yes. to meet and hands to shake. That's exciting. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. Our intern program is really popular. We get tons of applications. I wish I could take more, but um, between the nerd program and the internship program, and consider that we do it at all of our major locations. It's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to take on, but uh, we get great talent that way. Will you see these people in the office? Are y'all working in the office primarily these days, or, or what? So yeah, we're, we've got a we call it a workforce flexibility program. We're primarily hybrid. Our standard in that hybrid methodology is that we allow everyone ninety days, every employee ninety days to work remotely, which is about two days a week. You can request more flexibility. And in fact, in technology, about 50% of our employee base has requested that additional flexibility of above the 90 days remote. So more okay. days remote, all the way up to full-time remote work. And so I think that's been really popular. If you look at a lot of financial services companies or, or larger companies, they've not necessarily been that flexible. But we've had record growth during the pandemic when we were 100% remote, and um, and we've taken on the largest acquisition, not only in the industry, but in our history. And we've continued to fire on all eight cylinders. So it's been a great program for our employees. So we do have people coming in now. Actually, we had a free barbecue today. And uh, so for kind of a welcome back party because we've really just started our return to office in Austin. Same at ABJ. And it's interesting how that's going to be a hiring and a retention measure. You really have to think through those programs, right? Come up with all these metrics and, and number of days or percentages and then mine those because you can say it's flexible but like really until you drill down into it what does that mean so it sounds like you've got a system established and probably a lot of thought and manager kind of hours went into into devising that and, and now tracking absolutely it. yeah it's formalized and we wanted to do that so that we actually understood you know where people were working how we can best support them 
it's clearly changing the way we think about our uh, facilities, but our campuses like today, I, you know, I had to kind of drive around to get some parking. So, you know, we've, we've got a lot of people here. It is not 100%, but I think people really, and, and I get a lot of comments from Schwab employees, people in, really appreciate the flexibility to kind of come and go, particularly as we transition, right? We're still kind of transitioning out of the pandemic. Well, it's interesting you mentioned uh, the campus and, uh, and and doing things like bringing people out for meals. In Austin Business Journal, we've talked about education and like career uh, training kind of opportunities, right? That really makes sense in person. Like there's got to be a reason to come in on these days. So it's, again, it's a constant manager mindset. And I think that a lot of our listeners are managers to like really dedicate yourself to to the managing, to thinking about how do we make this empowering and uh, and, and useful for employees. Right. Completely and, agree. And it's tough to, to think about all the different modes of communication we need to have across not only different locations across the U.S., but also some people are virtual, some people are not, some people will travel, some people are not traveling right now. So yeah, it takes a lot of thought and, uh, and empathy to come up with the right program. You have that great campus that um, it, it had a Tivoli building and then you guys added more buildings up there and like, a, you know, a huge amenity center. So I've had employees who like want to come to the office because like there's a Peloton, right? Like, they, you know, working, like doing something outside the house, right? So there's this mix right. of, it can't be, can't really be one, just one thing either. You got to be different things to different people. Yeah, we don't have a Peloton, but I'm a fan. And uh, but we do. It's a great campus, and long-term Austinites will know the the Tivoli headquarter building that's kind of back behind the IBM buildings off of Burnett. You're right. We we bought that the campus, the the acreage, and that building, and now we've added two more buildings, employee-based buildings, and an amenity center. That you know, there's some cool stuff in the amenity center. There's a great cafeteria, et cetera. But we have a really, it's a kind of a high-tech like campus, very innovative and in its layout and design, very technologically enabled. I mean, it's it stands up against any of the big tech companies. And then we're, you know, in the community, we're, we're really plugged into what um, Broadmoor is trying to do with the new development here, where the old IBM buildings were on Burnett. And so we've actually worked with Broadmoor to get uh, a, a station here on the rail. And so right. Uptown ATX, that whole development, basically the rail system will run right through the middle of the Schwab campus and, and the Broadmoor development, right on the side of our campus, I should say. So really great you know, opportunity for those who do want to commute, particularly from like Cedar Park or downtown. You know, we're really trying to integrate ourselves into the community. I mean, that's a, that's a really great point. And um, I had forgotten about the Metro Rail, that train station there next to the Uptown ATX, then you guys are, are right next to that. I mean, that's a huge differentiator. If, if you do want people to come in, I mean, I live in Leander, I can just hop on the red line, you know, if yeah. I want to be there. So it's like, yeah. uh, that's a, another thing that like, just as a manager, you really have to think about now. Okay, really, commute times, we can be on a rail line, that could be a huge differentiator. Right, yeah. And, you know, having a millennial at home, who doesn't really want a car and doesn't want to drive and is now living most of their time in New York. I mean, it's great, right? If you, if you don't really want to commute, don't want to deal with it and you live off the Metro rail and you can get to the Metro rail, you can get to the office for those days of the week that you work. We have a long way to go before we have like an East coast style transit, but project connect, there are some things moving in that direction. So let's step back to where I was talking about at the beginning, the world of finance is it's a brave new world, right? And there's so much going on. Um, you probably have so many different projects that you guys could be working on. You mentioned the huge adoption of mobile. That's yeah. really fascinating when you think about 
kind of the emergence or continued emergence of the retail buyer and seller and other use of mobile apps and, and how that's really changed the game in a lot of ways as far as buying selling securities. Tell me about the tech side of a giant financial services company like Charles Schwab and what excites you? You know, what's really, I think, most exciting, and I'll come back to most difficult, is walking into a firm that uh, has a 50-year history of being an innovator and a founder who's very well known for disrupting the industry, even disrupting the firm. So it's kind of cool to be in a tech organization where we're seen by the public, by investors, by our clients as disruptors and innovators. The tough part for me, being CIO, is that the expectation that we are innovators and disruptors is very high. That's not a bad thing overall, but that uh, certainly keeps me and my team on our toes. Pace of change for technology you know, is moving really rapidly. Everything that we're working on that I mentioned a little earlier, but we're also, we do a lot of R&D around, you know, I was just on a phone call previous to this one talking about the uh, natural language processing that we're doing, chatbots, et cetera, that we do to, to assist our clients. We're doing um, a number of things like um, blockchain research. Don't necessarily have a practical use for it yet, but but certainly want to stay on top of things and how things are evolving. And not just from a crypto perspective, but the use of blockchain as a really interesting and powerful technology. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we have to stay really cutting edge to serve our clients' needs because ultimately, and I should say this too, I think the, the good thing about Schwab is we are empowered to serve our clients. We want to see through clients' eyes do the right things to help our clients with their needs. And and our folks are empowered to do that, to come up with ideas, to innovate. And I think it's really kept us ahead, right? It's um, some of the things we've done, you know, recently like stock slices and, um, you know, our indexing products, thematic investing. We've all launched these while we're doing a huge integration and during the pandemic. And these are all new products and capabilities we've continued to roll out. And uh, I won't comment on our peers, but I mean, just as a Schwab employee, it's pretty impressive to be able to continue to innovate and bring out those types of new products during the time that we all just lived through. I get the double-edged sword thing. You're proud and happy that it's got this track record, but the pressure is on then to keep it that way, especially when you're so large. Like, how do we, you know, sometimes I run into the issue of where do I put my energies, right? There's so many different things. Should I be posting on TikTok right now? You know, well, well, is that where people see the ABJ? Like, where do I put my energies when it comes You're to right? No, well said. Yeah, it's tough. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of noise in the marketplace, right? And there's a lot of fintech noise, a lot of new and innovative companies that, that we've got to watch out for and respond to. And that keeps us on our toes. But yeah, you're right. We have to really focus on where do we put our energy? What are the things that we are going to do? And generally, what we try to do is make sure that what we're doing is something that our clients really need. Right. There's a lot of cool stuff we could do, and we actually do a lot of experimentation in our R&D group. But is that really meeting our clients' needs right now? Is that something that they can use to, to better uh, manage their investments, or is it better banking capabilities, et cetera? If it's not, we may still experiment in the background. But what's going to drive our innovation is what's really adding value to our clients' lives. Dennis Howard joining us. In our next segment, he offers perspective on the market for retail investors. When Texas Business Minds continues. At Texas Mutual Insurance Company, we celebrate the workers who keep your business growing strong. They're a vital part of our community, and we're proud to be on the job with 1.5 million of them every day. More at TexasMutual.com slash on the job. 
when you say stock slices, is that like buying fractional pieces of, of, of fractional stock? Fractional shares, that's right. Yeah. So, so, so when you're talking about this North Star being, you know, what's best for the, uh, the consumer, the customer, how do you think kind of the rise in the power of the consumer, how has that been reflected in, in the tech kind of offerings? Like, do you think that, I mean, am I overstating it that there's been a sea change in, in the amount of not just power, but attention kind of that, that the retail investor demands now? I mean, there's been these, you know, all, all these crazy Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg headlines over the past few years about um, just the amount of media attention now focused on, on, on the retail investor. Yeah, it's true. And of course, what we lived through with the meme stock trading in early 21, I mean, if that didn't shift someone's mindset around the fact that investors, retail investors have the power to kind of shift where things are going, then nothing will. You know, that was clearly injected a tremendous amount of change and it impacted us because we saw volumes like we've never seen before. For the software engineers out there, we were we generally do an average of about 5 million or more trades per day. It's a lot of transactions and it comes in very short spurts. During that time period, we did in excess of 14 million trades. And that's, you know, not just transaction processing we're doing, it's multi-party, right, with the markets, et cetera. And um, those volumes have really instigated a lot of um, innovation on our side. And it's one of the reasons we're moving really aggressively to the public cloud. We already had a public cloud program, but from a technology perspective, we're now moving some of our biggest core capabilities like trading out to the public cloud so that we can support things like, you know, basically we're targeting over a million transactions per minute. And again, you know, for engineers out there, those are really interesting, cool problems to try to solve. And we're going to do them in public cloud because the investor has shown us at any point in time, I may decide to engage. You don't know when that's going to be, but you better be ready. You know, and a lot of firms weren't ready during meme stock trading. Um, so that it's really had a significant impact on us. That's a great point. And I know that for CIOs listening or all around the country, that's a huge undertaking to decide to shift some of that stuff it to is. a public cloud. And it requires a lot of institutional, you know, how do you justify that to the CEO, right? To, right. to someone like Chuck Schwab, you know, that's right. Why, why do we need to do that? Yeah, that, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Is my understanding right that uh, Charles Schwab has the company has pledged to spend two billion dollars in kind of tech innovation or upgrades in 2022? Is that right? Yeah, the tech budget is over two billion, and we've talked a lot about the reasons why. But I think it's a technology has been at Schwab and remains a really significant area of investment, we engage most of our clients digitally. We do have branches and we do have clients that come into branches. We do have you know clients that do most of their work with us over the phone. But even in those instances, even over the phone and in the branches, technology drives the experience, the client experience. Clients ultimately engage us through technology. So it remains a really important area of investment. And uh, it's why we're one of the largest parts of the organization with that kind of budget. Dennis, I really appreciate you joining me today. Anything else you want to add? Any other shout outs or things you want to touch on? No, you know, thanks, Will. It's been great. I, the only thing I would shout out is that we're always looking for great talent in uh, Austin. There's lots of it, but we're still hiring. And, you know, I know a lot of people on the street looking and uh, we've had great success hiring in the Austin market and want to continue that. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. All right. Well, best of luck in that. Thank you, Dennis, so much. Thank you. Appreciate your time today. Appreciate it, Will. Charles Schwab Chief Information Officer Dennis Howard joining us. Thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company. 
a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.